You're listening to the 414 Creative Legacy Podcast. I'm your host, Joshua Curtis. And on the show, we do a deep dive with entrepreneurs on all things business, faith, and how to build a lasting legacy. Thank you for listening and enjoy the episode. Guys, welcome to the 414 Creative Legacy Podcast. On this episode today, I am excited. And I say this on every episode, but today I'm super excited to have Christy Miranda on this episode. She is a dynamic preacher, entrepreneur, mom, and just an overall encourager. And she, if you spend any time with her, and hopefully you're going to really get this out of this episode, you're going to have a fire on your backside to go out and do what you are called to do because she will basically make you do it. Uh, I'm excited to have you on, Christy. Thank you so much for this time. I know you're super busy and you've got a lot of things going, but I appreciate you taking the time out today. I'm so glad to be here, Joshua. I'm really, really excited. I love you and your wife and your family and what you're doing. And, you know, I appreciate the super, super busy and I am busy, but also I'm not the most organized girl on, on the earth. And so sometimes super busy equates to uh, disorganized. So how about that? Let's just- <laughs> <laughs> well, I know that you have a lot of things in the fire. I know you've got a lot of irons in the fire. And from a distance, I feel like you manage it pretty well, considering and so yeah i just i look i remember when uh you first spoke at our church and i thought that girl's different Mm. and i know that i've seen that before and that 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 type of person doesn't live in this area i know she's not from here uh but in ministry i've seen i've seen that so tell tell us a little bit about yourself and your background and kind of how you got started um, in the ministry and and we'll kind of take it from there. So I am from a little town in Kansas, a little tiny town called Liberal, Kansas. We're not liberal and liberal. So there's that. <laughs> um, and I, I was born and raised in a very, very small farming community with some cows and some, you know, oil rigs and stuff like that yeah. around super normal, very middle-class, um, parents divorced, but in a cool space where I saw both my parents, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. And, um, I felt called into ministry, uh, really young, probably about 13 at a youth camp. FYI, all the parents that don't think youth camp's important. It's vital. Yeah. Spend the money and send your kids to youth camp. Um, but I felt called into, into ministry at about 13. And I just started leaning in and pursuing that, Mm. uh, in my life. So, um, I went to Oral Roberts university for a a year and then I went to, um, world harvest Bible college in Columbus, Ohio, under pastor Rod Parsley for Bible college. And then everything just kind of went from there. But before I ever did that, I jokingly say I've been in ministry since I slid my hand into a puppet in the fourth grade. Right. (laughs) So my whole life has been serving in the local church. I'm a big um cheerleader proponent encourager of the local church yeah awesome what was the journey for you in finding your specific calling Mm. that's a good question the journey for me i think we we put a lot of pressure on god what are you calling me to what are you calling me to and it's like this begging situation and god's like really honestly i'm calling you to be obedient Mm. that's what i'm calling you to be I'm calling you to be obedient and to walk by faith. 
when I felt called to ministry at 13, all the way up until even Bible college for several years, I felt called that I was like, I was going to be a worship pastor. That's what mm. I was going to, I was getting, because I'm a singer yeah. and I love leading worship. Um, I sing well, I, but I don't have the best voice on the block, but I, you can't get a lot more passionate than me. So mm. I'm a grab it I'm, and, you know, and I'm going to, that kind of thing. So at ORU, I sang with Souls of Fire and I toured the country with Souls of Fire, which was a group at ORU. And when I went to World Harvest, my major was praise and worship. Um, but let me tell you, I have been on staff at a church, at several churches, as a children's pastor, a youth pastor, a women's pastor, a connections pastor, an interim Spanish church pastor. I'm a white girl from Kansas. <laughs> I have been in the um, television department for, for voiceovers and film. I have done every job at a church. The one thing I've never been paid to do is be a worship pastor. Wow. But that's what I could see. Yeah. So I moved towards what I could see. My vision was like this uh -huh. and I'm yeah, the, like a small barrel and God just kept opening up and opening it up. So, cause God's, um, I believe that you find your calling through obedience and all I could see was what my one skill set was. So I just kept saying yes and moving that way. I had no idea. I didn't know. Bishop says this. Bishop Jakes has this line. He says, I didn't know I was me. I didn't know I was me. Wow. My scope of me wasn't big enough. But God knew who, what, who I was and who I, he created me to be. And so I just kept saying yes and doing you, you have two little girls, you know, yeah. about frozen, um, frozen <laughs> the, when, when, uh, Anna sings the next right thing, it's the next right thing, yeah. just the next right thing. And when I made mistakes, I made them with a the right heart and, you know, and yeah. when I fell down, I tried to fall forward. Yeah. Has there ever been a moment through, through that journey where, uh, you didn't do the next right thing? And not saying that you were in complete disobedience, but you followed, quote unquote, your, your, your heart and you realized, wait, this wasn't what I was supposed to do. Yes. I think anybody who said they never have done that would be lying Yeah, because we're not perfect and we can only do what we sense or feel or think God's calling us to do, you know, like sometimes I'd be like, Lord, if you would just come down with a Sharpie marker, <laughs> right? I'm gonna do, I'll do it. But if you could just make it really clear. And, um, I think more of it has to do with the posture of your heart mm. than, than the perfection of your choice. Wow. Wow. What are some of the lessons that you've learned in not necessarily making that mistake, but taking that action? And going down a path and being like, man, this, I, I feel like this wasn't really, um, maybe not the best decision, but what are some of the lessons that you feel like would be beneficial for other people? Like, you know, making those decisions and a calling or going into ministry, I guess really like, what are some of the big, big life lessons that you've learned in ministry about being obedient? I feel really, I don't, I, maybe it's the Holy Spirit because my eyes are getting all watery and I'm feeling real <laughs> emotional about this because I really want people to hear me when I say this, if you're not dead, God's not done. You have uh -huh. not un gotten off course far enough that he can't course correct. You have not made such wrong decisions that you can't get it back together yeah. because you're not dead. God's not done. 
I could make the most ridiculous, crazy, far off, sinful decision. And yet God would leave the 99 to come after the one because mm. I am what he has in the earth to get the job done. And if I'm not dead, God's not done with me. And if you're not dead, God's not done with you. And if anybody ever said, oh, you're done, mm. they're a liar. Yeah. I don't mean wow. to get passionate. I'm trying to just be teal. <laughs> no, no. I, I want you to be you because the next question is, as, as far as I've known you, you've always shown up as yourself. Yeah. And I know sometimes your energy, your passion, your, your, your drive can be, it's, it's never been off-putting to me, but some people may not know how to handle what you bring to the table. Mm -hmm. And it, have you always been this, this high energy, dynamic, passionate person? And what, what are some of the things? So have you, well, my first question is, have you always been this dynamic, this passionate, driven, just, just go for it type person? Yes. The short answer is yes. Yeah. I've always been like this. It's also gotten me in trouble. It hasn't always served me well. Mm. Um, because when you're younger, you need to learn how to temper some of the things that you do, not change them, not get rid of the drive or the fire or the passion or any of those things. But there's a, what is it in Hamilton? Talk less smile more. There's some rooms you need to get into and be quiet because you're not the smartest chick in the room. Mm. And if you don't learn when to be quiet and listen, then you don't get to pick up the gems that get dropped from people wow. that are in a, a space ahead of you in a place that you need to go. And if you don't pick those things up, you have to go around, you have to go around the wilderness again and get it the yeah. hard way. So I've always been this, but I have also learned right now, if vicious, if Bishop TD Jakes walked in this room, I would be quiet. Mm. I would ask questions. I would write down every single thing I could write down. And I would not add to the conversation unless I was asked because in that space, I am in a learning mode. Mm. Does that make sense? What I'm saying? Yeah. I'm changing who I am. I'm recognizing who I'm in the room with mm. and the, and the, what's on them that I need to pick up for me. I don't yeah. know if that. No, that's good. So showing up as yourself, I feel like you show up as yourself and you're unapologetic of, of who you are. What has taught you to just be, be who you are and not apologize for who you are? You know, I actually, funny enough, um, I still, am in that space. Yeah. I'm still in the space of not apologizing, especially coming. I've never been a man. I've only been a woman, but mm. coming from the seat of a woman, oftentimes we will feel like we have to apologize for being great, or we have to apologize for being smart mm. or having ideas, or we have to apologize for being gifted. Now, no one would ever say, please apologize for being gifted. But when I show up in my fullness, it can intimidate people. And I have to be okay with that. Mm. And there are still spaces that I walk into and I think, read the room, bring the energy that comes with me. Don't apologize for who I am, but read the room because sometimes I need to get things accomplished more than I need to be heard. Yeah. Wow. Does that, 
you know what I mean? No, yeah, that I mean you're 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 laying down some uh, I think some foundational wisdom, and that's exactly what I wanted to bring to this episode because I I know I don't know the audience that that I'm reaching, but I know I'm hoping that there are some women out there who are in a in a place um, that need to hear what you're saying, and what I what I've picked up is show up as who you are, but understand the rooms that you're walking in specifically like women, like, like you're saying, you know, coming from, you know, the seat of a woman, like I've never been a woman. So, um, I was taught growing up that, um, you know, women are, are your counterpart. They're beside you. They're not, you know, they're not behind you they're not in front of you, but they're beside you. That's where they come from. So that's where they stay. And, um, I've never had a view of women to be less or um, that they shouldn't speak or, you know, my wife brings so much wisdom to my life and so much guidance into what directions that I need to take and what we need to take as, as a unit. And, but I think there are some women that live in this space that you are in who need your wisdom and they need to know how to operate and who they are and what they're called to do. But I think understanding, like you said, if if TD Jakes walks into the room, you go into learning mode, and I think like that is that's that's applicable for for not only women but also men because we we operate in a space as well where I know whenever Felshaw walks in the room, I don't need to be heard, and a lot actually, there's a lot of people that walk into the room I don't need to be heard. You're talking about Dan's and and other people in leadership are just like, okay. I need, and this is my time to sit down and listen and to learn. And I think we need to hear that. Yes. And, and that, that doesn't go away for a man or a woman. I don't mean that. Yeah. I, what I'm talking about is I have been heavily, the, the industry that I am in, the church is a boys club by and mm. large. It, by and large, it, it is, it, it is yeah. right. And so, but God did not make a mistake when he made me a woman. Yeah. And he did not, um, my calling was not qualified, qualified by being married or unmarried. Mm. I am fully anointed. I'm fully called. I'm fully yeah. the one for the job that God put in the place to be as Christy Miranda, a child of God. And I have to own that. And I have a responsibility to own that. Mm. So that I would say that to anybody across the board, man or woman, see what happens is I think we wait, we wait when this is a woman thing, right? Well, the kids are little. I'll wait till the kids are older. Um, well, that now, and so now I've waited. Well, I wish I would have started when I was younger because we waited. Well, I'm too young. Well, I'll wait. Now I'm too old. I'm too thin. I'm too fat. Mm. I'm too uneducated. I need to get a degree. All of these different things. We wait to step into our power instead of saying, I'm going to be powerful young. I'm going to be powerful old. I'm going to be powerful poor. I'll be powerful rich. I'm going to be powerful thin. I'll be powerful fat. Mm. I'll be powerful if I'm black, if I'm brown, if I'm white. I'm going to be powerful if I'm sick. I'm going to be powerful if I'm well, because the spirit of God lives in me. Yeah. The same spirit that raised Christ from the dead lives in me. And I have a responsibility to the call of God on my life. Mm. I have a responsibility to yeah. that. And that's not just when I say the call of God, I hope that the listeners of the show understand I'm not call, saying you're calling 
to preach or to be a pastor or in the church. If God has called you into the, into the business realm and you're not stepping into that, it's, it is a, um, it's disrespectful to mm. the call of God on you. It's disrespectful. Wow. I know that's a strong word. No, I feel that. And I, and I thought that, I'll, but I, my, the word that came to my mind was disgrace, but disrespectful is a lot better. I, and I feel that, and I, and I fully believe that. What, what are some advice that you would tell somebody that is in that waiting period where I wouldn't say that they're just waiting on God, but in that sense of like, oh, just wait on the Lord, but like they're making excuses. What would you tell them to get started? To do it? <laughs> to just start? Yeah. To spaghetti at the wall and see what sticks? My mom, that's my mom's term. I'm I don't know if you've ever heard that. Yeah. It's how you throw the spaghetti. You just throw it. Is it stick? You didn't stick? Cool. We'll do the next thing. Yeah. Um, if, if you're waiting for, let me calm down. If you're no, waiting. No, no, don't calm down. Well, I'm not going to calm down, but I want to be heard. So yeah. if you're waiting for the time to be right, for the money to be right, for you to be right, for your website to be finished, for your packages to be complete, if you're waiting for the economy to shift or gas prices to change, if you're waiting for permission from somebody, you will waste your days. Mm. You will waste your, your energy. You'll waste, listen, you get one life. You get to choose how to live it. You need to choose wisely. You get to do it one time. You get to do it and you can live it any way you want, but you only get to live it once, one time. So like everybody's like, well, after COVID, after COVID, guess what, boo? You don't get to take the days from COVID and tack them on to the end of your life. Mm. You don't get to. This is, you get, I was in Bible college and um, somebody raised their hand and asked one of the professors and said, um, do you think we're living in the end time, in the end days? Do you think these are the end days? And the professor said, I don't know if they're the end days, but I know that they are your only days. Mm. They're your only days. Wow. That's it. And so for the person that's waiting for everything to be right, I would say that that is a, um, I'm, I, I use really strong words and I'm just going to go ahead and use my strong words. I, I think it's selfish. Mm. I think what you're doing is you're saying, I got to wait for everything to be right, but it's really fear-based. It's fear-based because, and the reason I say it's selfish, it's because you're looking at what are people going to think about me? instead of what is the gift in me that they need? Wow. When that fear that stops you from doing anything is because you're afraid of how you're going to look or be perceived, or if you fail in front of people, instead of saying this thing that I have, this product, this service, this ministry, whatever it may be, this that's in me, I am not serving the kingdom of God well, unless I release it. Mm -hmm. Man, I feel like we could just end there. That is, man, it's so good. Side note, what advice would you give me mm -hmm. and all the other dads out there who have girls to train their girls up to, to just go after, after father, go after Holy Spirit, go after what God's called them to do and to not be, to not be, I'm going to say timid in this, in this world, but to just really just go after what's some, what's some of the advice that you would give raising, raising daughters? You know, this isn't going to sound real deep. <laughs> it's um, okay. 
but this is what I would say, because I'm searching my mind while you're asking the question. Yeah. And my first answer is to, is as with everything with your children, is to model it in mm. front of them. If they see you go scared and timid, they will be scared and timid. If they see you go boldly and fail, they will know that if I go boldly and fail, I will live. Mm. I will still live. I'm not going to die. I will live to see another day. And I know how to, I can pick up and keep going. You have to, we, we, kids learn more by what we model in front yeah. of them than what we actually, now you have to have both, but modeling and the way you live in front of your children, the way you treat your wife, the way you speak about women and the way you live in front of them is louder. I think than anything, when they see their father, their dad worshiping God, that's what we do. That's what we do. That's what our family does. Yeah. What we do. We worship God. It's what are you talking about? Are we going to go to church? It's what we do. Yeah. It's what, it's what we do. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And um, when, when they see, I, we prayed and believed God for something. It didn't happen the way we wanted it to happen. We still trust God. That's a modeling. That that's, that's a modeling thing. I remember one time I was believing God for something. I was young. I was in my late teens, I think. And my stepdad, he's so cool. Um, my stepdad, he wears glasses and he was like, well, you just have to receive it. You just have to receive it. I said, I don't know how to receive it. He said, Chris, you just reach up across. I was standing on one side of a counter. He said, just reach up here and grab my glasses off my face. I said, what? He said, just grab my glasses off my face. So I just reached up and I grabbed his glasses off his face. He said, just like that. You just reach up and you receive it. You just reach up and you receive it. And to this day, I remember that. I, so it's just, that was maybe a teachable moment, but most of it, it's just modeling. Yeah. My daughter has seen resilience. So I, when we bubble wrap our kids and they never get to scrape their knee, and I don't mean fit, I mean, figuratively and literally, yes. I mean, both ways, Yeah. then they don't know how to be resilient. Hmm. And resilience, the Bible says he that endures to the end, the same shall be saved. There's an endurance that they need to see modeled that they can then also know I can do this. I can endure. I can endure when my faith, when I thought I was standing in faith, it didn't work like I thought it was going to work. My daughter has seen me believe God for our, for our family, for my marriage. And she's seen her dad leave, but she has also seen her mother serve God, preach about God, talk about the goodness of God, point out the provision of God, show her, look what God has done for us. Mm look what God has done for us. Isn't he good? I, I think another thing that parents can do fathers and mothers is showing the good things, point at the good things. Our minds naturally bend towards what's wrong, naturally. So one night Jules and I are laying on the couch and our dad had left and it's just us. And we were eating ramen noodles and um, turkey sandwiches because I was completely, but we were on food stamps. And, um, we were watching my little pony and we're just cuddled up on the couch. And I said to her, man, we have a really good life. We have a really good life because I need her to see the good. I need her to find it in hard yeah. places. I need her to see there's peace right here. My mom and I are curled up. We're watching my little ponies. We're eating sandwiches and ramen noodles, man. We have a really good life. Hmm. Wow, that's so good, man. 
Okay, I've got homework now. <laughs> <laughs> so tell us a little bit about um, your business journey. You're not just a, a preacher and a minister, but you're also an entrepreneur. And I, I, I'm intrigued. I think I know for the most part from what Melissa has told me uh, where you started out your business and what you had to go through. And, and just tell us a little bit about that. I will definitely dive into that, but there's one thing I feel prompted to mention about that other thing with your kids. One thing that I have learned over the last couple of years is the oxymoron and the, the friction of holding joy and sorrow in the same hand. Wow. There's a friction because it doesn't seem like it should be that way, but they're, they're showing your children, modeling in front of your children how you hold joy and sorrow in the same hand. Mm. We're, our hearts were broken. Our family was in tragedy, was, was in trauma. But that moment was peaceful and joyful. And it doesn't mean that we weren't still hurting, but we can hold joy and sorrow in the same hand. Yeah, so, I believe that. Anyway, um, so I didn't mean to, but I just- Oh, no, to- no, that's, that's great. Uh, because we're going through something in our, our family right now and and I'm having to and do that exact same thing is hold joy, show show our girls what life we have and also managing sorrow on the back end. Yes. And, and so I, I'm glad you pointed that out. Because happiness has to do with happenings and happenings change that fast. Yeah. But joy has to do with the bedrock of Jesus. Mm. So happiness, happenings, joy is deep like a river, right? Like when yeah. you're like, like, I got joy like a river, right? Like I'm mm-hmm. in my soul. So yeah, that's you, good. You got a preacher, so I'm sorry. Hey, I, just go. <laughs> I, I fully expect you to bring whatever, whatever you got. So, <laughs> so the, the, the entrepreneurial journey has been an interesting one. I didn't know it was in me. I didn't know. I didn't know. It's funny because yeah. once, once a light flip, light switch gets flipped in me and you can no longer turn it off. Yeah. Um, Cause now I know. And um, it, it started uh, from trauma really. I, well, I wanted to do, I felt the responsibility. There's two parts to this. So one um, Julia's dad was still home and I was in my kitchen one day and I was washing dishes and I felt, I don't know if you've ever felt this way, but I felt like the Holy spirit gave me the side eye, like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh-huh. Like really, Christy? Yeah. And, and the what that was for me is I have had the opportunity to be around great, great men and women of God. I've been in very small spaces with very anointed people. Mm. And I've gotten to be trained by those people. And I have, you know, and that's part of what makes me up of who I am. Yeah. So I'm washing dishes and I felt like the Holy Spirit starts looking at me like, like you thought I got you in those rooms just for you. Mm. You thought that was just for you. What about the women that don't get invited into the room? What about the women who can't, don't even know there is a room? What mm. about those, what about those women who, who I trusted that if I got you in that room, I could get that information through you. Right. Wow. So God opened up doors for me to be in the room, but your gift is never just about you. There are always people attached to your gift. 
So I was like, oh, shoot. And right then in that moment, I stopped washing dishes, which is not a hard task. And I walked <laughs> back to the garage and I started going through old notebooks, old, old boxes, finding notebooks from these uh, Project Gideon and one on like very small group trainings with Bishop Jakes and with Pastor Parsley and just pulling out different things like that. Cheryl Brady, those people. So I bring them in and I'm, uh, I'm going through them and I'm like, I need this. And I didn't know what it was going to look like, but that was the beginning of preach girl. That was mm. the beginning of how that happened, which was more ministry related. Now I also have a business that is a, um, a very small local, um, social media business. Mm -hmm. And that I'm back to, I'm back to drop something on someone. Right. This might be for one person. Am I called to social media? I don't know. Do I love social media with all my heart and soul? It's the passion of my life. Heck to the no. Is it what I want to do for the remainder of my days? Nope. Let me tell you what social media is. It is low hanging fruit. Mm. And sometimes we miss the low hanging fruit because our dream and aspiration is so big. Yeah. And we, what we think we're going to do is so big. I, so, so my husband had left and I was without a job because of the way the whole thing went. We both worked at a church and churches throw people away sometimes. And, um, God doesn't. Um, yeah. so I found myself working a part-time job at, at, at an insurance company. And I felt like I was dying, mm. but I was grateful for the woman who had the business. And uh, through a, 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 an interesting situation, we had to go live and all oh, these beautiful articulate women, they pick up their phones to go live and they're like, hi, I'm here at mm. the, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. and I was like, please give me that phone. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> Hey everybody, this is Christy and I'm here with Liz Hogan at the da 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 and I'm going on. I'm like, look at the, and I'm just going. And in that moment, I learned, good morning, everybody. How's everybody doing this morning? Slap your neighbor a high five and tell them it's good to see you in the house of the Lord. Translated to live and using my voice in a different way. And yeah. that business owner, she pulls me into her office. She said, girl, <laughs> <laughs> she said, Every little business owner in this town needs what you do and wow. none of us have time and none of us know how. And that day I started doing social media as a business. And now I have seven clients and I make, uh, um, you know, a whole nother income yeah. from that, that supports a lot of the things that we do. Wow. And in COVID. I, I, the pressure yeah. I felt in COVID of like, I am now the front door of these businesses. Mm, yeah. And if these, like, I, it's so cool. That was a light switch that flipped on for me. It was low hanging fruit. It's not like, oh, this big calling into my life, but guess what, Joshua? I have done funerals for some of these business owners' parents. Mm. I have prayed with these business owners. I have prayed over by the dressing room at one of the little boutiques that I do with a lady who recognized me and asked me if I'd pray with them. People have bought my book and found Jesus from what I have done outside of the local church because Christ is in me mm. and he goes with me every place I go. Wow. I'm sorry. I don't know if that answered your question. No, don't apologize. <laughs> That's exactly what I wanted to, I, I wanted, I want people to know that even in hardship, even in times of uh, desolation, we, we always have a way 
to pick ourselves up, to go after those things. And I know, I know your story and I know that what you have is something that somebody needs to hear. And I think, I hope that the people that are listening know that what they have, somebody else needs to hear. I, I have to say this. I need, you need to understand, I know you do, but somebody needs to hear this. I didn't have a business card. I didn't have a website. I didn't have a, a decent Facebook page and I'm supposed to be a social media person. I would literally be sitting in front of the client, somebody that was in, in like seeing if they wanted to hire me, a potential client. And I was making it up out of the top of my head while they're talking to me. How much is the such and such? I'm like, in my head, I'm like, this is how much my car payment is. This is how much my whatever. This is how much it is. Like, that's how I was yeah. literally. And the spirit of God was giving me wisdom in that moment. But I jokingly called, I call my social media business, my don't be homeless business, because I really had a choice. I could pack everything up. My husband left. He wasn't coming back. My, my career in the ministry at that point was I wasn't working for a church. I was working 20 hours a week, making $16 an hour. And nobody cares that your house explodes. They just want the bills paid. Yeah. You know, they just want the bills paid. So my options were pack everything up and move into my parents' basement, which if you're in that situation, there's no shame in that. Yeah. But that wasn't the course that I was going down. That wasn't what I was going to do. I was, <laughs> I'm scrappy. And I'm, and, and I'm a scrap. That's like, that's a key ingredient. You got to be scrappy. You have to trust God and pray like your life depends on it and be scrappy. And I cut everything. I cut everything. I cut any kind of ancillary thing in our life. I cut it all out. Yeah. Any gym membership, any extra, anything. I cut everything down to bare bones. We were on food stamps. Julia was on Medicaid. And I'm starting a social media. I did a ribbon cutting. <laughs> I did a ribbon cutting and I didn't have a brick and mortar. So I used the, the, um, the, uh, what's it called? Oh, you know, it's in your community anyway, whatever it is. The chamber, um, the chamber. I used yeah. the chamber of commerce building and I did a, a ribbon cutting. It was the biggest ribbon cutting that they had had. Wow. And every bit of the food at my ribbon cutting was purchased with food stamps. How about that? Wow. But guess what? I'm not there anymore. Yeah. Guess what? I'm not there anymore. I bought a house. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, cause like, you just don't quit. You just don't quit. You just punch and 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 let it break. Wow. I love that. I love like, yeah, you just got, um, you just made my baby jump. <laughs> and if anybody doesn't know uh, that reference, it's whenever Elizabeth meets Mary and John the Baptist and Jesus are in the womb and John the Baptist feels the presence of Jesus and he jumps in the womb. And I always use that. I like to say that you made me, yeah. you made me baby jump. So in that, in that season where your husband leaves and you're going through that, what I would say is trauma it was trauma. That's what the right is, word. What is the the one thing that was just your anchor that you believed in, that your belief that just pulled, you feel like just really pulled you through? The, the one word to sum it up in one word is faithfulness. Mm. That God is faithful. I can trust him when I can't trace him. 
He has always been faithful. Faithful doesn't mean he's answered every prayer the way I thought it was going to be answered. Yeah. Faithful is in the face of everything through the course of my life, I can trace the faithfulness of God. Mm. I have a track record of his faithfulness. And again, faithfulness doesn't mean that there, my husband didn't have multiple affairs. Faithful doesn't mean that he stayed and our family was happily ever after, no matter how much anointing oil I slung around or how much I prayed about it or fasted or any of those things. People make decisions that they're going to make. Yeah. I made decisions I'm going to make. God is faithful. He is faithful to his word to perform it. He is faithful to me. Great is thy faithfulness, O God, thy father. There is no shadow of turning with you. You change not your compassions, they fail not. As you have been, you forever will be. I can anchor my life to your faithfulness. Mm. And if I end up in Kansas, in my mama's basement with my daughter, you are still faithful. You wow. are still faithful. I believe it all works together for my good. Yeah. I believe it all. Sometimes you feel like you've been pulled back and pulled back and pulled back and pulled back and everything is just going backwards. And I think about... Um, my daughter likes to um, do archery. She does bows and arrow. And the further back she can get that arrow, the tighter the resistance and her arm shakes and the string is tight and the arrow is way back here. The further back she can get it, the further the arrow goes when it's launched. That's just how I see it. Wow, man. I love, like, I love your story because it it can it can bring so much inspiration to people that are going through something similar or going through something equivalent or you know and i feel like your story encompasses the the mission of this podcast of faith business and building a legacy your go-getter attitude where do you think that that came from? A really good question. I, I just think it, because my family isn't necessarily like me. I like, was, that was going to be like one of my follow-up questions is like, is there anybody else in your family that's like this? Not really, not like me. I mean, there's all, they're all awesome. Don't get me wrong. But, yeah. there's, you know, I think hardship. Mm. I think hardship is part of what has molded that. And the uh, being in church all whole, my whole life and actually like believing God. Yeah. <laughs> and I think some of it is just, it, it is the, the way God's built me. Some of it is the way I'm built. Personality types are real, right? Mm -hmm. On the Enneagram, I'm a three, I'm an achiever. It's just, you know, my husband left. And in that year I did a, a I did a TV show with Bishop Jakes. I wrote a book. I started a business like, push me down, watch what happens. You know wow. what I mean? It's kind of, yeah. it's kind of me, um, but I couldn't have made that show happen. But anyway, whatever. Um, there's this thing in me that is compelled. I am compelled by what God's done in my life. I'm compelled that um, your life matters. Mm. I'm compelled that people, uh, if they could lean in to, to trusting Jesus, um, things won't be perfect, but they will be better. Mm -hmm. And I'm just compelled that way. I always have been before I ever knew I had business in me before I ever, um, I've been this way. I remember being in youth group and I was the worship leader. And I remember asking for Christmas. I asked for a Strong's concordance. <laughs> <laughs> 
And I'm like stripping through the strongs, trying to figure out how to use it. And I would count like how many times the Bible says, praise the Lord. I would count how many times it was listed in there so that I could get up in youth group and say, the Bible commands us this many times mm. to praise the Lord. So lift your hands. Like I was doing that then. I was like 17. Wow. But I'm not perfect. But I don't quit. I just don't quit. Has there ever been any, something that you did quit from a healthy standpoint of like, oh yeah, it's time to quit this. I quit trying to make um, someone who cyclically didn't want to be in a marriage, try to be in a marriage. Yeah. Um, I have, I'm still working on quitting because I, because I'm, I am a three and I am an achiever, but threes are also people pleasers and we like people to like us. Mm. And so I have to really work on quitting needing you to like me like I want you to yeah but I can't need you to mm, that's good I, I want you to like me and I want us to be down but I can't need that in order to to be me I can't need it um I have quit friendships that don't serve me well and that I don't serve well and I don't mean like I leave them high and dry you can be in the in the balcony and I can still really love you. But I have quit letting some people into my circle because who is in your circle is breathing life into you. And if it or death, yeah. Yeah. whatever, whoever's close to you, like you can't have a funky, funky thing. You can have a funky day, but you can't have a bad spirit. You can't be a gossiper and be in my circle. Mm. You can't talk bad about leaders and be in my circle. You can't. Even with the stuff going on with Hillsong and all that kind of stuff, you can have your opinion, but you can't come in my circle and talk bad about that mm. because we don't know. Yeah. Take the mouth off the man of God and mind you, boo. You know what I mean? Like I can't have that in my space. Yeah. I can't have that in my space and win. Now I can, if you're in my coaching group, I can help you through that. But the people that are like my people, yeah, it's a small group. So tell, so, yeah. So tell us a little bit, like, that's great. And, and you said something that like, just as you can tell, I just like, wait, we need to talk about that. Tell us about what you have going on that other people can be involved in, like preach girl, your course, your coaching, like, tell us a little bit about that. Super cool. This is a total example. And you've seen it firsthand of me throwing spaghetti against the wall. What <laughs> yeah. Full on, you have a front row view of this. Yeah. Um, so I started Preach Girl a couple of years ago. Preach Girl is a course. It's an eight module course that is designed for women who want to learn how to use their voice. When I wrote Preach Girl, I felt like it was for preachers because I am one. What I've learned is it's helpful for women in a lot of different fields. A lot. I've had real estate agents go through Preach Girl and teachers and Sunday school directors and lots of different people go through um even people that are in corporate america that have to stand up and talk in front of people because speaking um the principles of it are translatable but i wrote it and i'm very upfront about the fact that i wrote it from the from the stance of a preacher yeah preacher. so there's preach girl and it's like my signature course it's funny it's funny i went and preached somewhere the other day joshua and they the pastor forgot my name and he just introduced me as preach girl oh that's awesome that. The preach girl. So that tells you. Um, I also have, and I thought, you know, here's, a th here's another thing for entrepreneurs. You think 
This is what I do. Mm. I will never do anything else. This is what I'm called to do. I'm never doing another course. I'm not doing anything else. Preach girl, preach girl, preach girl. That's what I'm going to do. And I held on to preach girl just like this. Well, y'all need, you need to record preach girl. No, I'll always teach it. Be careful with always and never, right? Yeah. I'll always teach it live. I'll never record it. I'll, you know, that's how I was. And so all I had was preach girl. And then I was convinced to, to record it. And I opened up my hand and now I can hold preach girl and I can hold inner circle, which is my um, group coaching, which is phenomenal. It's like one of the loves of my life. I adore inner yeah. circle. I can hold uh, the new course that's about to launch unstoppable confidence. Um, I can hold one-on-one -on -one coaching. I, you can hold a lot more when your hand is open than when it's closed. Yeah. Oh, that's good. I'm going to put that in the notes. Wow. So, so I have, um, inner circle is group coaching. There is a great, um, group of women that we get together on zoom on uh, three Fridays out of the month. One call I coach on mindset. I call it, get your life. The second call is, um, we always have a master class with a, a, one of my friends or somebody, um, in a lot of different industries that is phenomenal. I call that meet my friend, but it's a master class. Yeah. And the third Friday of each month is prayer. And I didn't realize how much women needed other women to like come around them and pray. And yeah. you know what else it turned into on that, on that third Friday is we celebrate each other's wins. That's cool. Dude, there is something about having your people clap for you. Mm -hmm. We threw confetti last week about one girl. She just finished publishing. She got a best-selling um, ebook on Amazon. We're throwing confetti on the screen. You know, we're doing all this and it's, I've never even met her in real life in person, but she's an inner circle. And, and then I also do one-on-one -on -one coaching and I only do that for about five people. I five people. I only have five spots for that because yeah. I have to manage my time. Awesome. Well, we will post uh, in the, the show notes, all the links to, for people to get in touch with you about Preach Girl and about um, your coaching and all that good stuff. I have a few more questions and then we'll wrap up. Uh, real quick, who has been your greatest mentor? Aside from Jesus, who's yeah, been yeah. your greatest greatest mentor and why? Bishop T.D. Jakes has been my greatest mentor I, right up there with uh, Pastor Cheryl Brady. Um, but more from a distance, I've more from a distance, I watched their life. Um, the reason... Now, Bishop, I have been around him quite a bit. And the reason he's been the greatest one is because he's the most challenging. Mm. He is the most challenging person. He, it's like he reaches his hand in your brain and forces you to think up. And he challenges me to dream bigger. He challenges me to think bigger. Mm. He challenges me to go harder. He challenges me um, to study better. He, and that is why he's the best mentor um, or the, one of the biggest impacting mentors of my life, because he would never let me walk out of a room and the same level that I came in the room. Wow. That's good. Second question. What is one question that you wish people would ask you? Oh man, that's a good question. One question I wish people would ask me. Okay, this is going to go a different direction. 
I wish they would ask me, are you okay? Wow. Are you okay? You good? Um, because I'm, I, because nine times out of 10, I'm by myself. I'm a single woman and I'm raising a daughter and I have a full-time job at, at the church as an associate pastor. And I love doing that. I run the preach girls and the inner circle. I have the, um, social media business. And now I have an Airbnb and I'm very happy and I'm very excited, but sometimes I'm not okay. (laughs) So sometimes I, that would probably be it. Okay. But I'm good with not being okay. And that's the crazy part, but let me tell, but I do want to add this. Listen, I have to tell you this. This is true. This is the truth, Joshua. And, and maybe hopefully this helps somebody. Bishop Jake says that every pastor, and I believe this for every entrepreneur, needs four people in their life. And this is one I'll take to my forever, right? Forever. Four yeah. people in your life. You need an attorney on retainer. You need a, um, an MD, a medical doctor that you see regularly that makes sure that physically you are still able to like that you are staying physically in a space that you can carry what you're supposed to carry. Yeah. That's important because we just let that stuff go. And then we're like, God heal me. And we're like, but wait a minute. Like you didn't do the job. <laughs> like, come on, eat a carrot, like whatever. Right. Um, number three. So uh, uh, a lawyer on retainer, a, an MD that they trust that they see regularly, a therapist, And the reason he says you have to see, you need a therapist is because by law, they cannot tell your business. Yeah. And you can go into a space with your therapist or your counselor and completely unzip all the humanity, all of the wretchedness, Mm. all of the things that you need to like vomit out of you and have somebody help you make sense of some things. And then you can walk out of that space and by law, they can never tell anyone. It's the safest kind of place next to the throne room of Jesus, right? And for those people that think that, that counseling is not what Christians do, I would like to remind you that he is called the wonderful counselor. Mm. Counseling is a thing, okay? Good yeah. Christian therapy and counseling. And then the fourth is a pastor that you can trust. All Every pastor needs a pastor, a therapist, an MD, and a lawyer on retainer. <laughs> I think that's a really, um, like a good nugget to have. Yeah. Do you have all four of those people? I don't have a lawyer on retainer, but I have the other three. I don't know. I, I don't, you know, I don't have a lawyer on retainer because yeah, of, I feel like the lawyer is a little, a little of a stretch. I, I, I would, think that's because of the level of life yes. that he is. Yeah. That was going to be because my, the Potter's house gets sued 17 times a day Yeah, for something, you know, so and when he was saying that, he was speaking to a room full of senior pastors. Yeah. So. Okay. So third and last, or yeah, third and last question, legacy. What does it mean to you and how are you living it out in your life right now? Hmm. Legacy. What does legacy mean to me? Legacy looks a little bit like the Lion King, when the beginning opening scene, boom, and the animals are all from the day he arrived on the planet, right? That whole thing, yeah. right? 
all the pomp and all the circumstance and they go to the highest point of pride rock mm. and then the little rafiki goes out with baby simba to the highest peak of the highest point of the whole thing and then on his tiptoes he takes this little baby and he thrusts the baby up as high as he possibly can from the highest point of the highest place in the whole area and that is the starting point for Simba. Mm. That's what I want for my daughter. I want to go to the highest place that God's called me to, to reach as high as I possibly can and do the most for his kingdom and for his people as I possibly can. I want to be on the, in my highest heels on my tippiest tiptoes and thrust her up as high as I possibly can and say, this is where you start. Wow. That's good. This is where you start. And you don't have to start over. You can start here. I went to Israel. This is what legacy looks like to me. I went to Israel a few years ago and I'm in Jerusalem. We're at the pools of Bethesda, right? Super dope. Yeah. For, for real. I'm standing at the pools of Bethesda. I'm looking down into the pools of Bethesda. And you can see the, the stone, the craftsmanship of the stones change so this mm. is when it was two thousand years ago and jesus was there this is what the craftsmanship looked like and then the romans or whoever came in and they destroyed the city and then whatever was left there they didn't tear down they just built on top of it and the stonework was different and the grouting and all of that was different and then over centuries of time that got attacked and it got torn down but they didn't start all over they put it on top of there and they did mm. it again, and they did it again, and they did it again. Now, Josh, all the way, way up above us is a woman hanging her laundry on her house, on her apartment. And she's standing out there hanging up her laundry, way up from where we were. And I thought every day she walks out on her balcony and looks down 2,000 years. Wow. And the only reason her apartment is that high is because they didn't tear it all down. They just kept building, mm. they kept building. It looked different. The stonework was different. It had gotten knocked down by the Romans. They kept building. World War II came in, messed with some stuff. They kept building. 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 So that this woman, 2000 years later, her apartment is probably, I don't know, 12 stories up in the air. And she can look down at, the, at what was built there for her her life starts that high because that foundation was built that's legacy wow that's so good christy thank you so much for your time thank you for your wisdom and your drive and your passion i i want people that listen to this episode to be fully inspired to keep pushing and keep building and and to, to strive for the things that God has called them to do, no matter what the current cir circumstance that they are in. And I know that you bring um, such inspiration to others around you. And I just, um, I'm so impressed by you. And um, I look up to what you do and what you've done. And I really appreciate you being in my life. Well, through my wife, mm -hmm. being in her life and and what, you know, 
by the way you live your life, it has definitely impacted our family. And so I just want to say thank you so much for your time on today's episode. Um, yeah, just thank you. Well, it was my honor. I'm super, super glad to be here. You guys are a big deal to me. And, um, you know, another thing that I think people should do is be a cheerleader for their people, yeah. like for your people, always cheer for your people. And so, you know, if I'm in a room, I'm like, Melissa's a beast because she is, yeah. but I'm gonna let everybody in the room know it because I cheer for my people. And, um, and I, so we, I love your family. You're very important to me. Um, before we go, can I pray for your folks? Yes. Okay. I want to pray for them. Also, when you asked me, what would I want people to ask me? Um, that was on a personal note and I was pretty vulnerable with that question. Mm. And I think that's important. Yeah. Um, but also, uh, it's important also to ask questions that move, that honor the person, but also like draw things out of them. I was at lunch the other day with Pastor Felshaw and Pastor Suzanne and some guests. And Pastor was asking my guests some questions and they were answering them. But then I shot a text to my friend who was the guest. I said, ask him about Brownsville. And she asked him that question and it turned on a whole other yeah. thing. And what he deposited for the rest of that lunch, we will take and chew on forever, yeah. right? So that, no, like ask them about what made you, you, mm. what made you, you, that's, that's an important thing. Yeah, that's good. So, anyway, let me pray for you. Father, in Jesus name, I thank you right now, Lord God, for, for everybody that's listening to this podcast that I thank you, whether they're people of faith or, you know, maybe they've been hurt by church or maybe they don't even really believe in you. That's cool. I ask God that you just would make yourself real to them in a way that they can receive it and understand it. God, I ask that you would move through all of the muck and all of the, you know, just the misinformation and the, and whatever they've been through in their life and, and show up as a loving God who cares about your children. God, I pray for creativity and for wisdom. I pray for courage in the entrepreneur, for a backbone to go out and dare to do great things in their life and bless people and bless your kingdom. I pray, Father God, those that need permission, God, let them hear permission granted. Go be great. Lay your hand to something and do the work that God has called you to. God, I just release that on them now in Jesus' name. We thank you. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much. Absolutely. It's my pleasure. Hey, guys. I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you did, please share with a friend and be sure to subscribe on your favorite streaming app. You can find us at 414creative.com and on Instagram at 414creativestudios. Thank you for being here. It was an honor to spend this time with you. I hope you were inspired. Now go out and create your legacy.